0: welcome to another episode of be now it's the show where nothing needs to happen because it's already happening it's happening
1: yeah yeah loora, loora, loora.
2: to be there like a hundred percent otherwise you are not gonna yeah make it
0: right. that's <laughs> a so, magical moment where like your full attention yes is there
2: so. yes exactly yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah because when i'm not able to draw a big four drawings or my teachers and my parents they are not gonna like me and i want to be loved and i want to have that uh, their, their connections and i think that also goes back to the basic needs of being a human
0: i'm here for now with ting ting yes really glad you're here so just as a uh, starting point why don't you just share with the listener the brief self-introduction? For
2: so my name is Ting Ting and uh, myself is a licensed mental health counselor and I'm also a registered art therapist. Um, I got my bachelor in Hong Kong and then I um, uh, went to the U.S. to get my master's degree. Um, I have been back in Shanghai for almost three years. And uh, so in my life, I've been living in different countries. I've been living in Shanghai, in Hangzhou, and in Hong Kong, and in the United States. So it's been a little bit different journeys. And hopefully today we can share, yeah, I can share a little bit more with you guys today.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've, uh, yeah, you've mm-hmm. been around a little bit around the world. So
1: speaking
0: yeah. to that topic, yeah, what does, uh, yeah, so I gave you a few topics and we kind of landed yes. on a few that can we explore together. So mm-hmm. on the topic of home and belonging. What does yeah. the home mean to you, given your experiences?
2: I really love that topic because that's also something that myself has been, have been wondering. And, um, to me, I really like the code. It says like home is where the heart is. And uh, I think I really, um, that's a quote that really speaking to me because growing up, like I didn't really live with my parents and, uh, um, I grew up in Shanghai but my parents they live in Hangzhou so we kind of live in different cities and then when I was in my high school I went back to Shang- I went back to Hangzhou but myself rented an apartment that's near my high school so again but we we are not living in the in in the same house uh, and again, after I went to the undergrad, I was in Hong Kong, and they are still in mainland China. Mm. So I feel like uh, the idea of home is more about, I think the feelings of settling in. And uh, uh, when I think about, for example, when I first go to Hong Kong, it doesn't really feel like home. Like everything was so different. Um, people were speaking Mandarin and uh, um, the way they, how they dress or the way how they talk or the food they eat mm. was really different. From what I was experiencing in the past, but then I started to settle in, and I started to learn Cantonese, starting to know more friends, mm-hmm. and um, that's the time I started to feel more a sense of belonging. And um, to me, I think what really matters is, is not really where, uh, which city exactly I'm living in. Like it's more about, like for example, I feel connected with my friends in Hong Kong. So it gives me a sense of belongings. And that's also give me the feelings of being home.
1: mm -hmm.
0: so that connectedness with your friends.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly, yeah. I think always when I think about Hong Kong, I won't think about it as a big city. Uh, Instead, I will think about, oh, this is the place that I've been hanging out with my friend, and that's the restaurant that we've been together, and uh, we had a good time there, and that's the the mountain that we've been hiding in the past. So I think these memories made Hong Kong, made that city feel like home, Mm -hmm. and it makes makes it more vivid to me.
0: So the story around friendship and the land, yeah, so That contains those memories.
2: Exactly. Yeah. The 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 connections. I think it's not just like the physical space.
1: Mm.
2: Of course, I think you will have some association with the physical space. But I think, to me, friends and uh, people, like they are more more important. Right.
1: Mm.
0: So uh, speaking, of, you mentioned uh, growing up mm. um, in different places. Yeah so yeah is there anything um from your uh childhood home mm. that stands out to you now just the contrast
2: yeah um that's quite actually quite interesting because my my parents they are from like a city called wenzhou uh in 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 china and uh, and yeah, I'm not sure you've heard about it, but I, I bet lots of listeners probably know it. Mm-hmm. Like Wenzhou is a place that's really famous for 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 business. Mm-hmm. Like um, people from Wenzhou they do uh, they do really good at business. And this is also what my parents do. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, I really want to disconnect from the that, that, that part <laughs> for some reasons. like I think when I was young, I didn't really want to be seen as a daughter of a businessman. Or like someone from from Wenzhou, because I think uh, a lot a lot of time people will say people from Wenzhou they are they are smart or like but they also will have a stereotype. For example, the people from Wenzhou they like go into a place and buy a bunch of house and a bunch of apartments. Mm. So there are also some some stereotypes with that. So I think when I when I when I grow up, like I really want to disconnect myself from that part. I do. Really, I didn't really want to um, accept that's also a part of me.
1: What is stereotype? Uh, like
2: like the like they are just really good at doing business, and they are like they don't really. Uh, let me see how to put it. Like they don't really know. uh like like the big icon about it is they are, they they enjoy doing business. Mm-hmm instead but not like they for example they like reading or stay like or for example for shanghanies people will think they are um more exposed to international cultures mm-hmm. so and for people in Chengdu, i think they will see um people in Chengdu more like as a cozy and more laid back
1: mm-hmm. right.
2: but wenzhou news is seen as um as more like aggressive mm-hmm. Yeah, in regards of, like, uh, business. More achievements,
0: mm -hmm. money-oriented, maybe,
1: yeah?
2: Yes, yes, exactly. More like achievements, yeah. And uh, um, I think that's the part that I don't really... uh, When I was young, I think, yeah, I really want to sort of, like... like, I don't see it as part of me, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially I was not really growing up in in Wanzhou. But I think growing up nowadays, I really... I even started to learn to speak uh Wenzhouese these days because I really want to have a good communication with my my grandma. She doesn't really speak uh, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, I would just speak Mandarin for the past like thirty years. But like recently, I started to learn how to, uh, how to speak of And I think that's also the time that I started really to realize maybe, um, uh, yeah, maybe i don't really need to uh for example see myself as a as a window but this could be part of me instead of really mm-hmm. something that really defines me and it also um, impacts me in some ways yeah i think the the mindset of like how to do your own business mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's still still inside myself and uh, it's more like I'm starting to realize, oh, it's okay mm-hmm. and I can accept it and uh, mm-hmm. also not let it to define me, but I can control of how how it's impacting me.
0: Mm-hmm. So your identity is not entangled with that mindset or mentality. But you can accept the mm-hmm. part of you and kind of grow with it.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think that takes a long time to do that. Cause my, my way of coping is I would try to avoid and not to talk about that. And uh, uh, nowadays, I think, I, I, curse myself, I'm, I'm accepting it. So I feel more comfortable talking about
1: that.
0: Mm. You know, that uh, I can also res- resonate with that. Because growing up, uh, like mm. all of my family, a lot of uh, my family, my mom's side, and yeah. uh, my friends as well I, realized, I noticed a pattern at some point which is uh, oh. they're all into business <laughs> you know
1: yeah and I
0: always felt like <laughs> the odd the oddball you know mm,
1: you just yeah yeah you didn't get it <laughs>
2: you know and, <laughs> I know yeah. yeah that's also what I really struggle and also I think for the wenzong it's yes, like uh, they tend to say like they prefer boys over girls mm. So that's also like a like a, a stereotype that lots of people have for yeah. for the Wenzhones, yeah, yeah, and a lot of business. <laughs>
0: so uh, speaking to that point of uh, growing up mm. with that with that environment, um, yeah, what what kind of kid were you?
2: Uh, I think when what I remember was like uh during my kindergarten, like. It was a really good kindergarten in Shanghai, but it was a very new environment for me. So at the beginning, I was very scared and I was kind of frightened. And uh, there was a there was an image inside my brain that has been stuck there for quite a while. It was like, I think uh, we need to learn English during that kindergarten. And I think the teachers were, were teaching us some English words like apple, banana, something. So... And we have to remember yet before taking the nap. And if you can't say it, you are not allowed to, to, to take the nap. And uh, what I remember is like I got very sad, so I started to cry, and uh, uh, the teacher tried to... Try to get me to say that, but I was like, I was tired, I want to go to bed. Yeah. And, um, uh, but also inside myself, like I was very, I like, I know myself, like uh, when I was a kid, I was super quiet and I was very introvert. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really like to expressing myself mm-hmm. or talking about oh, oh, what I am feeling at that moment. So, uh, so I always remember that kindergarten experience, like how. Like, uh, how frightened that was. Like, and and I had had to speak a certain English words in order to take a nap.
0: (laughs) So, I guess it's kind of a segue to the next topic, which was uh, we Mm. all feel like an outsider. um, Yeah. In in one form or another, you know, whether it's based on our gender or our age Mm. or our ethnicity, all kinds of dimensions, right? But being Mm. human. Yeah. Yeah, is there? Have you ever felt like an outsider? Any story you can share about that?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think growing up, I've always been feeling like an outsider. Yeah, and uh, I don't see the outsider as a, for example, as some, uh, as a discrimination or like a, in a negative ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, uh, insider the outsider, they are just like the nature. Some some very like that. It's just very neutral. Uh, it can be small and it can be big. The small ones will be, for example, if you, for myself, I, I was born in, in, in Hangzhou, but then I went to Shanghai, I would be an outsider. Uh, and uh, I think it's just like the insiders, like people inside, like they want to make a circus and they want to feel safe. Mm. So that's why they are joining a line. Um, people who have the experience with us, they can be the insider and uh, people who are not for example they have something different than me they will be the outsider so it makes the people inside feel safe and feel mm-hmm. um
1: right.
2: yeah feel yeah feel yeah kind of also, also feeling powerful mm. yeah mm-hmm. and uh, i see myself as someone who kind of goes inside but also who can go outside so it's more like on the on, on the edge So uh, I still remember, for example, when I was in, when I went to my junior school in in Shanghai and uh, lots of my classmates, they speak Shanghainese. And I can understand Shanghainese, but I couldn't speak that well as them. Uh, So at that time, I really feel like an outsider because of the language barrier. But I think the way how my classmates treat me really makes me feel like um, I'm part of them. And... uh, also, especially in the school setting, like the, the school is requiring everybody to speak Mandarin instead of uh, instead of the, the dialects. And uh, um, then I went to then I went to Hangzhou and I went to different places. And uh, three years ago, when I came back, it was the first time that I came back to Shanghai after maybe 12 years or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been after uh, uh, 20 or something like I've been uh, such a long time. Uh, so uh, then I got reconnected with my with my classmates and uh, they would uh, still see me as as part of them. And then we would uh, talk about things that's happening around us. And that's also a time that makes me feel like um, an insider. And a lot of time, these roles are always changing. And uh, uh we could be an outsider at some point, but then the role would be a little bit. I don't think it's firm. Like once you are the outsider, you are always right. the outsider.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. And you can also move from an insider to an outsider.
0: Hmm. It seems to be a, a continuum. And the yes. more between the inside and the out and the edges, and it seems like the more mm. inside, maybe our yeah. bias towards the inside is based on yeah. the desire for safety and how Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think there are some. Uh, yeah, it's fluid, as you yeah, as yeah. also you've mentioned, yeah, and it's always changing. And you may have different, um, different roles at the same time. You could be insider with that bunch of friends, but with another friend, you may also feel out being an outsider. Yeah, seems like
0: there's a gift to that to that flexibility, to mm. see things from a different view. I feel like, yeah, like, for me, like, I think they came a time mm. where I'm like, yeah, I always feel like an outsider. And I like, <laughs> um, just never, yeah. I never felt like I totally belonged anywhere. Mm, mm, I, mm. I, you know, growing up in uh, Iran, moving to moving to America. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah, just going around a lot. Yeah, it took me a while to get that perspective that, like, yeah, this is the kind of being a human. Mm. Like, it's, uh, there's uh, these fluid um, central
2: yeah. roles that we play, right? Yes, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that also took me uh, it also took me a long time to really uh, realize it's not something that really bothers me. And actually, I part of me, because I am an observer, mm-hmm. and I kind of enjoy being an outsider sometimes, and uh, so I get to see, wow, that's the way how people behave and in a different country, in a different cities. People may behave in different ways.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you said you're, you're an mm. introvert. Did, yeah. did you find a way to like, was there a way for you to kind of like realize this mm. is uh, comes natural to you, that like being an introvert and like using that as a strength to be an observer?
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I think I definitely agree with, I, I definitely think to some extent, I think the introvert is helping me to form who I am or even helping me with my professionalism. Mm. And uh, um, I think, yeah, even I know the society values being an an uh, an open-minded and being an extrovert person. But to me, I think being an introvert really helps me a lot. Like it helps it helps me to see this world, and it also I think gives me more. It makes me feel it makes me more like more sensitive, but in a more good ways. So it makes me um con- like i can connect with people because i can grasp some yeah the details and how mm-hmm. they are feeling inside mm-hmm. and i think that's definitely the the gift mm-hmm. and the benefit of being an introvert mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like it's like an onion uh like i always always describe myself inside i'm an introvert but i'm like a socialized introvert
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so in, for example in some like in in different, for example, in a party or in a, uh, in a big gathering, I would still be social, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I I, I really all I enjoy because I think to me socialization or, or talking with people is a way for for me to, um to let go of the energy, mm-hmm. but being with myself I can kind of build up the energy, but I know for a lot of extrovert for them the way to get energy is to spend time with other people and uh, for me it's like the opposite like i gain energy and i can when i'm by myself and when i'm with others i feel like i'm give, giving away those energies
0: it's like this uh yeah, yeah this flow of energy basically
2: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> with others.
0: Yeah. yeah i like a socialized introvert yeah i can i can yeah.
2: that yeah 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 because yeah. we are because my um I, I studied uh, sociology and psychology at university and uh, these two subjects are totally different and it gives me two totally different perspective to see a thing mm. like how the society has impact on the individuals and also the individual's own history and its own yeah its own own experience. Mm.
0: So you, you mentioned a few things here that, that really intrigued me. you said, Uh, Mm. like you have this this uh, the sensitivity which is a gift Mm. you you learn to apply it and I feel like yeah I would love to to hear you uh, speak more about that and also how that led you into becoming an art therapist and a mental health Mm. counselor like how did all that start for you
2: yeah Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who start um, uh, like learning psychology is like they have some curiosity for themselves yeah so just as i've shared like growing up i was very introverted and was i was very quiet i and uh i i always feel like there's something that i need to resolve or i need to work on myself and then later i realize it's like my experience on my uh, my relationship with my family and also my relationship with myself uh, and uh um So that's, uh, I think that's also a lot of reason why people want to study psychology Mm -hmm. and uh, because they really want to know themselves a little bit better. And um, uh, for me, it's like I, yeah, I'm really curious about where I come from and what are some things that I can do to help myself. And uh, something I learned is like really the, the giving myself the validations. Just like with the kindergarten event, uh, I'm also validating myself, and mm-hmm. that's a time that I start to really um, accept who I am, and also really um, valid- validate myself. And uh, yeah, this is just me, and uh, I don't really need to be someone who um, like who needs to needs others' validations. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time, I think some. Um, some people we are doing things to make other people feel happy and uh, I was like that when I was much younger Um, a lot of time when I do things I would think how other people what's their reactions and if I do that uh, will they like me or will I be loved Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that also comes to the core like the core life Mm -hmm. yeah like the core yeah the meaning of life yeah to be true
0: to yourself
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. And also whether you are loved for no matter what you are doing, like mm-hmm. the unconditioned. Yeah. So that also gets me to think a lot and I also get lots of helps from friends and also from uh from, from mentors. So that's uh um and that's definitely has been helping me a lot to, to, to become who I am today. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm yeah
0: so uh, so in that mm. in the process of uh like i guess i guess like going back to what you said earlier mm. like settling in to your own self yeah in your own heart
1: yeah yes
0: in, in that journey um mm. yeah, how did uh like i'm really intrigued by i feel like the way i fell into expressive arts and art the world mm. therapy it was like it was kind of yeah. a magical process um yeah it is
1: Right, So I wonder,
0: like, yeah, how did, it, how, did it, how did it draw you into that? How did you get drawn into
2: that? Yeah, mine is also kind of interesting. Uh, so I w- so when I was a kid, like in, in China, lots of uh, parents would just send their kids to different like um, classes to learn different skills. So when I was young, I got to learn, I got to go to those drawing classes. Those art classes, learn how to drawing, how to do drawings, and how to do calligraphies. Uh, and of course, at that time, I did not like it um, because I feel like I was being pushed to do that. Uh, this is what um, my family is want. You, yeah. In, yeah, instead of not what I want. And uh, but interest. so so when I started to live by myself, I have the freedom so I can choose. so I would like no, I'm not gonna do drawings anymore for the rest of my life. That's something I'm gonna stay away and uh, not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I didn't draw or I didn't make any arts maybe for like seven or eight years. Yeah, and then when I was at my um, university, there was like an exchange program. So I was able to go to Oregon in the States and I went to a really small college and that college, like, um, I see the exchange because I don't really need to... Um, I want to use that exchange that year to kind of explore myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked a lot of... um elective courses on psychology or on uh, on visual arts, actually. (laughs) And uh, I think that's the time that I really realized, oh, yeah, art is something that I like. Uh, And uh, that time, that moment, it feels a little bit different. It was not something that was coming from outside. It was more like internal motivations and internal driven. It makes me feel happy. That's why I'm doing that. So I started to do a lot of ceramics, a lot of drawings, a lot of paintings. And that's also the moment I, for some reason, and at that moment I didn't really know there is a professional called art therapy or expressive art therapy or creative art therapy. But that was just a the moment Then I, uh, and luckily that year, that year I took a lot of studio and arts class. And uh, after I graduated from university, I went to a, a mental health agency in Hong Kong, and then I met my mentor, my, my, my life manager. Uh, he's a social worker from California, and he introduced me to another art therapist in Hong Kong. And uh, that's the time I realized, oh, art and the psychology, they can work together. Mm. And uh, and uh, what a coincidence, I have lots of credits on psychology and also lots of credits on art. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this makes is sense. this sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So because at that time I was exploring my, my future, I, I'm pretty sure I want to do a lot of clinical work. But I know with uh, undergrad, you are not with a bachelor degree, you are not going to have lots of opportunities to do clinical work so when i was exploring that and uh, uh, it comes to my yeah yeah it made me realize hey hey it makes sense what i've been doing in the past <laughs>
0: right right, right mm. it's kind of like kind of validates what you already been doing and it just kind of yeah
2: yeah yeah and i think everything uh has its meaning and if you don't see the meaning yet, maybe it's just not the time. It may just takes a little bit longer mm. for everything to come together. And it's all going to make sense at some point.
0: Has mm. as art or uh. any any kind of art form, that mm. it really come to your rescue or, or support during a difficult time where you felt like yeah. without it, I don't know mm. what I would do?
2: Yeah. I really, really love uh, ceramics mm.
1: uh, uh,
2: it's like um it's a it's very mindful like mm. when I first learned it, I find it really hard controlling my muscles yeah and uh, but once I started to pick it up, like I would spend probably a few hours
1: mm.
2: uh, in the studio throwing the pots without realizing how fast the time has passed. Right. And um, when I was, like, you had to re- be really focused because, right. you know, the the wheel is, is going. Right. And if you are not focusing, like, your hand would just, I mean, screw it the, up. <laughs> the clay would just screw up. Yes, exactly. So, so you have to be there, like, a 100%. Mm. Otherwise, you are not going to, yeah, make right.
0: it. Isn't that a <laughs> so, magical moment where, like, your full attention
2: Yes. Is there. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to use your full attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's also that idea of throwing pots, just like uh, the idea of meditation or my or being mindful, the mindfulness like you are being in that moment being in the present and uh, once you are really grounded like you really live in that moment like your anxiety or your depression like is not really bothering you because that's not something that's that's in the in the moment when once you are connected with what's happening here and now
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so you had uh, anxiety depressions in in that time or
2: Mm, I don't. Th- uh, I think everyone has some sort of depression and anxiety. It's not like the clinical um, right. t- definitions of anxiety or depression, but more like, for example, when you feel worried or when you feel sad. I think that's uh, that's also a lot, a lot of time that that I would uh, for yeah use that to help myself. Mm. And uh, I also remember uh, after I graduate, uh, after I. Worked a couple of years in in United States before I came back to Shanghai. I also spent a few months in Hong Kong, and uh, I think, um, and then I also picked up a few places to do ceramics. That's something that gives me a sense of routine. Like even though uh, I was back in Hong Kong again, or. Uh and i still have something i can rely on and uh, that also helps me with that transitions to be able to settle in and uh, when i was doing the ceramics i can just not think about anything and just be there
1: Mm.
0: i like this theme of just settling in like settling one's attention in the present moment especially Mm. you know when the conditions of the mind or the environment are so divided mm. and scattered.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and once you are being able to focus, like everything else, becomes smaller.
1: Right.
2: Mm. Yeah. Just like, and you can be ceramics, you can be drawings, uh, or you can be cleaning your house, doing the dishes like once you has right. your full attention I think yeah I think that would be helpful so uh, mm. Mm.
0: so on this point of uh, yeah kind of just, uh, this healing journey and, and the role of art uh, art making, mm. it seems to be yeah. the function it plays into our attention like the influence mm. it has on our awareness it's yeah it seems like I mean yeah with the right awareness mm. and the right lifestyle it supports Mm. the conditions for healing to flourish right
2: yeah 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 and uh, i think that's one uh area and also i think the the power of expression yeah because i think right now we are using the words to express to talk to and uh, but the words has a lot of filters so we will think whether this is appropriate to say it. Um, what would others react if I say that? But I think with art is more direct, and it's also safer. We could, yeah, we that's we can express ourselves through a through a metaphor, right,
1: and uh, right. so
2: it's not something that comes from. We are not talking about me directly. Right. We are talking about the art we are created, but the art is a, is a projection of my my experience and the, my, my feelings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I think it's... the perspective it's you
0: have with it.
2: Yes. Yeah. hmm Yeah. The expression and also like the, the awareness. Right.
0: Yeah, that expression mm. piece. Um, it seems like that coming back to that point of safety because that, that for the part of me to be expressed mm. fully like uh, my Mm. defense unconscious defense mechanisms got to be relaxed right
2: yes exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh, i was very impressed by what uh, like so when i was studying art therapy like my professor asked us like uh, have you ever draw when you're young and uh, i remember almost everybody raised their hands but then uh, when we start to talk about that, we realize, oh, we... And for me, like, I kind of give up in the way. Mm-hmm. But, like, naturally, when we were young, we were all, like, we, like the kids, like, we, we enjoy using art to express. Yeah. But growing up, that's p- because of, for example, um, the peer pressure, or we are comparing ourselves with others, or mm-hmm. the teachers, the parents are comparing in our art, and that they are saying, oh... Your drawing is so weird. And that's the time that we start to kind of stop expressing it because it was not that safe. Mm-hmm. And we will get some, some, some criticism from others. And in our therapy, I think it's also like a regression. We are going back, trying to find that inner child and trying to find the that, that kids who really enjoy expressing. Mm-hmm. And we try to grow that and to encourage encourage that, that child to, to become yeah, to grow and to become bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. Comparison and criticism, yeah, yeah. those things inhibit that expression.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's also, yeah, but that's not saying, that's not saying the, it's not right. I think it's also part of the socialization. It's a process like everybody is going through.
0: One time I remember I was asking uh, my university students, there's this uh, sentence that says, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> it's a good sentence, yeah. right? Comparison, yeah, definitely. Of joy. And I have like you know, yeah. 300 students, and I was asking every class, you know, I was sharing the sentence with them, have them talk about it. Do you agree? Mm, or kind yeah, of and,
1: yeah,
0: uh, most of them, yeah, like I said, do you agree or disagree? Everyone raises their hand, and everyone's like, yeah, mm. and uh, and then the one class I asked them, do yeah, agree or one kid said. I disagree! <laughs> I said, okay, share why you disagree. So
1: yeah, why? why comparison yeah, makes... is
0: not the thief mm. of joy. Mm. Envy is the thief of joy.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. More specific. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the underlying is like, because um, when I'm not able to draw big four drawings, or my teachers and my parents they are not going to like me. And I want to be loved and I want to have that their that, that connections and I think that also goes back to the basic needs of being a human mm.
1: Mm. yeah
0: it seems like yeah a crucial point where the the inner critic mm. is there's something to that like it shouldn't mm. uh, shackle a person from expressing themselves but also mm. I feel like When I'm able to be my harshest critic, everyone else's Mm. criticism just Mm. slides down this icy mountain of mine, you know? So no one Mm. one has a chance to criticize me as harsher than I can be on myself. And Mm. in a way where I'm not hard on myself, but really, really tolerating the different angles
2: of what's Mm. happening. Yeah, that's also very interesting because I think what really matters is how you see yourself at the end, Mm -hmm. or what's your interpretation of the world, and uh, what's your interpretation of your like what kind of person you are.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, but I think you, someone like you, also have to be strong enough (laughs) to do that. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm.
0: So this has been a joy. I guess. uh, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One last question. I was yeah. really curious about mm. what's the, because you know, you're a mental health professional and yeah. in China and your mm. experiences. I wonder what's in your experiences, mm. what's like the biggest thing or misconception people have about healing? What's the hardest thing for people to overcome when it comes to yeah. self awareness?
2: I think what, mm, I think um, to me, like the biggest, uh challenging would be like a lot of time people will see um if you have depression or if you are have clinical your diagnosis with depression clinically you are not gonna um recover or you are not gonna heal. Or if you heal from depression you are not gonna have it anymore or so I think it's I think it's the how people see the process of recovery or um, how people see people with mental illness,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like we often explain, um, to people, it's just like having a fever or having a cough,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like you're gonna recover from that, and uh, but that doesn't mean you are not gonna get fever for the rest of your life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's our our mental health is just up and down, like the like our heartbeat, if it's very flat, that that means you are not human, you are not alive so it's common that we have those ups and downs mm-hmm. and that's the same for our mental well-being as well and uh, uh, also even though when even though you got diagnosed or you got some clinical uh, anxiety or depression that's still a way uh, for you to recover and uh, the recovery journey is not going to be like a lenient journey
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: not like you are going to go from feeling bad to feeling well really right. like straightforward uh, yeah i think even though the journey will also be up and down uh, but like the trained you will be like you will be able to recover but there will be some up and uh, down along that that's mm-hmm. a that healing journey and that's also something i want people to know because when you are feeling uh, feeling good you can enjoy that moment but when you're feeling down you can always remind yourself like it's always gonna change mm-hmm. like it's not gonna be there all the time and it's okay sometimes to step back or feeling a bad a little bit for for a little while it's okay to have that that that, that going back but what we can focus on is like the overall trend uh, rather than just like that that, that, that moment
0: mm, right it mm-hmm. seems like um uh... Yeah, taking the long view.
2: Yeah, exactly. And
0: even taking a break from healing. Yes,
2: yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, I like that, taking a break from the healings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing is a lot of people see, I think this is more commonly discussed, a lot of people see people with mental illness as someone who is going to harm others. Yeah, But if you look at the prisons where there has the most... Um, Yeah, those criminals, like um, the rate of having like they they don't like the rate of having mental illness is actually lower than the average populations. And in fact, a lot of people with mental illness, they are they are frightened. They are scared uh, of what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's also um, yes. Also something that I want to share.
0: They're scared of what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are also scared of how other people see them and how they will be treated. Yeah,
1: Mm.
2: and uh, uh, yeah, the aggression is like the very rarely case, but, you know, the media tends to um report those worst, um, right. news but yeah because it's more eye-catching mm. yeah but that doesn't mean it's the whole whole Sorry. reality
1: right yeah right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I like what you
0: said about uh, like every, it seems like everyone has their own normal mm. and it's almost like an illusion that there is a normal that I'm supposed to be like
2: right yeah mm-hmm. and the recovery yeah.
0: process kind of has mm-hmm. a life of mm-hmm. its own and if I'm able to listen deep enough then I can take care of myself and take responsibility for that self-care.
2: Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, um, especially in China I think because we really value like the collectivism and that's also uh, a lesson for that, that I've learned. Like it's okay to be uh, different and uh, we don't need to be exactly the same and uh, there's there's a beauty and mm. there's a value inside it.
0: Would you say like art therapy mm. helped you in that? Because that seemed that's like a huge uh, realization mm. that like, oh, I can mm. just unhook from the outside even for a moment and be like, mm. oh, there's this inner
2: mm. living space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think definitely art therapy psychology. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. They both of them has. Uh, has helped me and uh, I always like using because I think art therapy a lot of time is about the metaphors We will, I like using lots of metaphors to, to describe for example I will say uh, the colors like um i will sometimes ask the yeah as i shared with you i will ask my uh, clients to pick a color to represent how they are feelings and uh, that's a time that they don't really feel judged because it may be really hard to say i'm feeling sad but it's okay like it becomes very neutral for people to say oh i'm feeling blue or i'm feeling green Mm -hmm. for being sad
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh, our emotions are just like these colors uh, if you don't have the red or you don't if you don't have the dark the the blue, like it's not gonna make the rainbow mm-hmm. and uh, like every color has its meaning, and uh, all the emotions has its meaning as well mm. 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 so
0: by by yeah accepting all the colors mm.
2: you can accept
0: themselves them in the full range
2: yeah, exactly yeah.
0: I want to thank you for uh, yeah sitting down settling in with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and thank you for hosting this yeah yeah i, re- yeah, I think lots of questions are really uh, are really inspiring and it also makes me to think about that yeah so Love i really her. enjoy our conversation <laughs>
0: um any final thoughts or questions comments for the listeners
2: mm, i think i'm good right now yeah even yeah just remind yourself it's okay and uh, um Uh, if you are feeling sunny enjoy the sunshine if it's raining inside yourself it's okay enjoy the rain (laughs) Mm -hmm. be a child yeah Mm -hmm. if you imagine a child uh, looking at the rain they are probably going to be very excited (laughs) Mm -hmm. so enjoy that Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, um, give yourself a little bit time and some validations what you are experiencing is, is is very difficult and you've managed really well to come
1: here Yeah.